and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live. At that day you will know that I am in the Father and the Father in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Time, the Vatican, the military honors for special Islam. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Military honors consist of playing of tops, holding the flag, and presentation of the flag. Customary, when the Vatican is playing, you stand up and put your hand over your heart. Military service, military members, veterans, first time responders, we salute the flag.
Now, how about invocation by Reverend Dr. Frank Jenkins? Does that for the choir cup? 
I'm gonna say my piece right now. Get it over here. Thank God for the family being here today. I thank God for our city who saved us. I thank God that that I am the one to have to do this. It's hard because Larry was just not a church member to me. He was a good friend. And when you see Mr. Rowan comes up here and talks about him being a co-worker, Larry and Tracy used to be my employees when, I, when, when they were working for the postal service. I still work for the postal service. They were, they were my employees. Larry looked out for me in every sense of the way. He was just that kind of person. So he was good. What I'm excited about, and this is made to, part that makes this easy to do, is that Larry knew the Lord. He did. I'm not saying, I don't, I don't know everything you know about him. I know some of the stuff I know about him. You don't know what we talk about him, but I know about him. But guess what? We know about grace. Yes. And we know that God don't look for perfect people. Well, and he knew the Lord. Yes. I'm not up here just saying a cliche, but you hear people say he's in a better place. No, he's not. He's in the right place yes. now. Yes. He's in the right place now. And I, I am excited that he knew the Lord and we had so many conversations. He knew the Lord. Yes. Amen? Amen. He loved his he loved his family. He loved, it. he loved the church. So as we do that, even though we're sad in our hearts, let's 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 pick our heads up because Larry wouldn't be having us like this. He was a good time person. Y'all hear me? He was an encourager. He was. I know what I'm talking about because he did it for me. And if he did it for me, I know he did it for you. He was somebody. Amen? Amen. And then we have a selection and choir, and then we follow the program as prayer.
holds to God's unchanging hands. How many know he's an unchanging God? And looking at the crowd here today, there's evidence that this brother and this family is loved. Amen. We praise God for your attendance and participation in this event, homegoing ceremony. I love military. Anyway, <laughs> I did 22 years in the Navy. This brother wasn't a sailor, but he was an army soldier. <laughs> and also, from what I've heard, he's a soldier in the army of the Lord. Pastor behind me here uh, was a soldier also. Did you know that? Amen. Amen. He was a decorated soldier as well. I'm going to read the Old Testament scripture followed by uh, Reverend Stacy Grant is going to come and read the New Testament. We'll have another selection by the choir and I'll be back before the reflections. Reading from the New King James Version, a Psalm of David, Psalm 15. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change, he who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Abound in us, 
so also our consolation or comfort also abounded in Christ. And so in times of trouble, times of hurt, times of pain, there is one constant that enables us to make it through the storms of life. It is the everlasting, enduring, eternal, and comparable word of God. Yes, amen.
lean on me. Praise God. We come down to the period where a program calls for reflections. The family has asked that, not me, the family, two or three minutes. You know, I've been doing this for about 30 years now, so I know how we get sometimes. So please uh, limit your reflections to two to three minutes. And I think that's good because sometimes I see two minutes. So they're giving me an extra minute. Uh, as a co-worker and a friend, Samuel Rudin, then as a family member, Stacy Grant. Amen. Somebody go out and say, I gave Larry all the credit. <laughs> Larry and Steve both had experience in cleaning. So I tasked Larry with coming up with a plan to keep the facility clean. The employees at Miramar Post Office definitely appreciated Larry because they came to a facility every day clean. When you don't have employees coming in and complaining, that made my job a lot easier. Right, right. Every major overhaul we had with teams coming in, checking the facility, Miramar was the best in Hollywood. And that was due to Larry's dedication. Larry and his partner was the only two employees in that building that didn't have supervisors. How can you supervise somebody who did that kind of work all their life? All I said to them was good morning, have a nice day. They finished their task. Mr. Clark was one of my supervisors. He'll tell you, we had nothing to say to them. The, the customers came in. They always was giving gratitude to how clean the facility was. And I attributed that all to Larry and Steve. Now, during the years, me and Larry got close because him ordered a business. He knew what I had to go through coming in that post office dealing with almost 70 people and supervised the clock. <laughs> At Miramar, we had fun. We enjoyed one another. There was no bickering. And a lot of times, you know, let's face it, we always go around and say, a black man can't work for another black man. <laughs> that was not the case That's in your right. right. We all got along. That's right. The people love Larry, and I love Larry also. 
Larry, as you were told, Larry wasn't a man who was all that talking, but when he talked, he had something to tell you. And you listened. Because he, 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 I tell you, I read in the obituary that later in life, Larry would find out he loved motorcycles. Well, I'll have to tell you, he talked me into buying one after retirement. <laughs> <laughs> we went all over Florida on those bikes. Daytona, St. Pete, Leesburg, the Keys. We just had so much fun. And believe it or not, Tracy even got on the back of the with me. <laughs> I used to tell Larry, Walt Lizzie had Larry to go buy one of the biggest motorcycles out there. And if you knew Larry, Larry's knees weren't that strong. <laughs> so he didn't like to go fast. So I always stayed back with him to make sure he was all right. But one thing we all made sure of when we got off those motorcycles, we made sure we got to Larry first. Because every time Larry used to get off that bike, whoop. <laughs> but just cut this short and let you know that when Tracy came to work with us, I hated it when she left because she was a, 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 a temporary employee. Always had a smile on her face, did her work expediently, never had to say anything to her. And those are the type of employees you have fun working with. So I'd just like to say this moment, Larry is resting. Rest in peace, I tell you. I, I know you're going to miss him. Because when I got the phone call, I told Tracy, I've been trying to call Larry for two weeks, no answer. You know that feeling when you have a bomb with somebody and you know something's wrong? Then I got that phone call. And I knew that's why I wouldn't get the answer. But rest in peace, Larry. Thank you. Amen. I'll tell you what was funny. Many years ago, I called his number, and it said, this is Larry. And I'm like, who is Larry, Auntie? We know where he's from. What do we call him? Affection? Son. So in Miami, he's Larry. I don't know if that's his alias or what. In Liberty County, he's what? He's Sonny. And so uh, he just said some things. Uh, I'm gonna, I can let this out now, y'all. Uh, I, was, I was his favorite nephew. <laughs> I, I can let that out. Now, he and I were close because my mama used to say this when I was a kid. She said, uh, my nerves need some rest. And so she used to take me out there. We used to call it the country, Riceboro. Those who've been to Riceboro know. One blank in life. And Sonny and Seuss was still at the house, Herbert as well, because he lived right behind Grandma and them. So she'll drop me off, man. My grandmama, sweet Ellen Lambert, was just sweet talking. She said, baby, don't you want to come stay with your grandma? Every year I fall for it. And so I didn't have to work as hard that first or second year, but when Sonny left, my grandmama started putting us to work. And so it was a little funny because I, I always knew then, those three I knew. And uh, new man met man, and my grandmama had seven children. And I'll say this here, I said all of them got 
you know, their own personalities. They had their own personalities, but it was already alluded to. One thing they learned from their parents is to work hard. And at the top of the list was concern for family. That was the number one thing. And I say this here, my two grand aunts are still here. Although y'all moved to Miami, Jones never left y'all. Family was and still is the number one agenda and priority. And it was certainly in uh, Sonny, and uh, as it also was just said, he didn't talk much. Now, if he knew you, he talked. He and I could get on the phone and talk for an extended period of time. You know, I have people call me sometimes and say, Uncle Sonny, he just doesn't talk much. And I say in my heart, I can say it now. If he doesn't really know you, he's not going to talk much. And I always used to laugh because he and man, now man would get mad at you. Yeah, just like that. Sonny was more reserved. He didn't get mad, but wouldn't do like man. Man got mad at him. And wouldn't, call, wouldn't answer my calls for a while. All I could say was that was man. Those who knew man knew man. And I used to tease Sonny because he worked so much. I said, man, you got to enjoy what you're doing. You got to enjoy what you're doing. I said, you just work, 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 work. And we always laugh. I said, you know, with it, Rice Burrows in Liberty County. And I joked with him. I said, you know, there wasn't much liberty there because I said, Ned and Ellen Lambert don't put you to work. They didn't understand about summer break. You know, you're off 10 weeks. They're going to work you. And they got that work, that spirit of working. It started in Jones, didn't it, Auntie? And it moved to Riceboro, to Liberty County. They came to Miami. And all they knew was work, work, work. Now, he called me one time. He was a little frustrated because... You know, he hired some, let me say I can style this, some, for his cleaning business, some younger members of the family. And he used to say, man, I can't even pay him on, if I pay him on Thursday, they won't show up on Friday. <laughs> I said, okay. And I said, well, you know what to do, don't pay him until Friday when they're done, huh? But you know what he had to do? In a sense, I said, you might have to fire some of your own family. And so he had his four aunts there, if my memory serves me correctly, and didn't have to worry anymore about who's going to show up, who's not going to show up. But see, family, now I'll say what I got to say. Family will frustrate you sometimes, right? Family will do right by you. And so as a family member, and he was my beloved uncle, he was my baby uncle on, on my dad's side. Uh, and he understood, you know, we used to talk. We were supposed to go to Kissimmee and uh, uh, at a time share. And unfortunately, you know, his dear brother, my uncle man, you know, his health turned to, for the worse. So we came on to Miami and, and you know, we, you know, just did what we could in that regards. But let me say this and say this clearly. What he learned from his parents through observation, he lived. And he loved this family. You can't say that enough. Uh, he cared for his family. If you needed him, he certainly would be there. And as I, as I said, he had a quiet spirit. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to, you know, people loud all the time. Just da 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 da. He had opinions, but you know, he kept a lot of them to himself, didn't he? <laughs> and so uh, I had to get on to him because he was. He'll call me and say, oh man, I need to have these surgeries on my knees, but I keep putting it off. 
I keep putting it off. And so he had a little stubborn spirit. I said, the longer you wait, man, the worse it's going to be. So he ended up having one of the surgeries. And he called me. He said, woo, that's what's going on. He said, man, this, I told him before. I said, the surgery is not going to get you. I said, the rehab is going to get you. And he called me. He said, man, you were right. I said, what's going on? He said, man, this, this rehab is killing me. I said, but no pain, no what? No gain. And he was, like I said, he was his own man. He never, he, no one else in this world reminds me of Sonny. And so will I miss him? Absolutely. And he was a man of pride. You know, if y'all look back at some of his pictures, he was a sharp dresser. You know, he knew he looked good. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to tell him. You know, if I had a couple of pictures. There he and man standing there. He got that hat tilted a little bit to him. He knew who he was. But Liberty County never left him. Even though he moved today, he moved to Broward. Liberty County never, never left him. And if I could tell young people one thing, study your elders. Learn from your elders. I said because what he did was he imitated what he saw. And it made him the great man that he was. And I'll miss him. You're going to miss him. And those of you who are here supporting us as a family, uh, it means so much to us. And if we had, and I say this from the deepest recesses of my life, if we had more Sonny's, Lawrence, Larry's in this world, We'll be better off. Amen. Amen, brother. Uh, I'd just like to say a few words uh, about family myself. Uh, we as a people sometimes forget how important family is. <laughs> past generations instilled in us the love of a family and togetherness. Um, in the last couple of generations, there's oftentimes no man in the house. That makes a difference in what we call a family. Other races of people think generations sometimes when we're thinking today. That makes a difference in the love of the family. It makes a difference in our inheritance, our financial and moral status and all of that. Doesn't it? Amen. So thank you for those words about family. I think that we're in good time, okay, with the pastor. We're gonna see if there's a couple more people that might have some reflections. Okay. Okay, reflections are over. <laughs> ready for the resolution. New Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church, 5541 Southwest St. Street, West Park, Florida, 33023. 
resolution of respect and loving memory of Brother Lawrence Lambert. No matter what your trials are or how big your mountains seem, the Lord is there to see you through. He'll go to all extremes. So if your cross seems hard to bear and you know not what to do, the one who loves you most of all will be there to see you through. In appreciation of such a purposeful life, we, the officers and members of New Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church, under the pastoral care of Reverend Warren J. Clark, feel it befitting to offer this tribute of love and respect in memory of Brother Lawrence Lambert. Whereas on Thursday, February 8, 2024, it pleased Almighty God to take unto himself Brother Lawrence Lambert into that sweet haven of rest to dwell with him in the glories of paradise. Whereas Brother Lawrence Lambert was a devoted member who served this earthly kingdom with sincere devotion as a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord until his health declined. Whereas the passing of Brother Lawrence Lambert is the will of God, and although the human bonds that fill our hearts with sorrow will be replaced with joy, as we know Brother Lambert has reached his heavenly home. And God has wiped away all tears from his eyes, and there is no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither is there any more pain, for the former things are now passed away. Be it resolved that we feel the loss in the passing of our beloved brother and bow to a greater will than our own, resting in the knowledge that one day we will be united with Brother Lawrence Lambert again in joy and in the fullness of God's mercy. Therefore, be it further resolved that New Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church extends to the entire Lambert family our sincere sympathy, and may they rely heavily upon our Heavenly Father for comfort to sustain them in this hour of grief, lovingly submitted in faith on the 17th day of February in the year of our Lord 2021, on behalf of the officers and members of New Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church, West Park, Florida. Sister Ophelia Morrison, Church Clark, Reverend Warren J. Clark, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Morrison. We will now have a selection <clears throat> by the choir. My job is finished. We will now hear after this a word from God by our beloved shepherd. Brother Warren J. Clark, not only a pastor, but a friend of this great family.
found a church. Amazing grace. There's a word from the Lord. Larry always tell me at the end of the service, I used to walk up to him because I was waiting for his opinion. He said, I was worried. I said, you sure about that? I said, nobody even say nothing, Larry. He said, just preach the word. But we wearing blue today because that was his favorite color. Yeah. You're all wearing shades of blue. You love blue. Amen. Yeah. There's a word from the Lord. I want to keep it on, but I want to encourage you. Some of you may have your Bible. If you don't, take note of this. First Peter. First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. I just want to shine some honest spotlight on verses 5, 6, and 7 of 1 Peter chapter 5. Pray with me for a moment. Oh Lord of oh God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Father God, you've been better than us, we've been to ourselves. We just want to say thank you. Father God, we're here right now because we know that a Christian doesn't die, but they just sleep away. And we thank you for that. Our last breath here is our first breath with you. And we thank you. For right now, Father God, your people, this family need to be encouraged by you. Father God, now that you have their attention, stay closer to them than a brother. Right now, in the name of Jesus, use me in spite of me. Allow me to say what you want them to hear. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Father God, strengthen them right now. Father God, when everyone else has gone home and has left them alone, Father God, you comfort them, wipe away their tears right now. You said in your word that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Have your way in this word right now. Not every ear and seat in the place. Let your word go forward and let it not return until it accomplishes that which you set it out to do. Father God, bring it to fruition in our life right now. If you do these few and simple things, oh Father God, for we be so careful to give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. First Peter chapter 5. Commencing at verse 5. Likewise, ye younger. Submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud. And giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you in due time. Here it is. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. 
And we know that God's word is what? It's already blessed. Amen. I'll put a tag on this text. I want you to listen to me. I know it's going to be hard, but I want you to listen to me. His text. Preserving, persevering, persevering, Tracy, in times of trial and tribulation. Yes. Persevering in times of trial and tribulation. The year was A.D. 65, and Nero, Claudius Caesar, has been the emperor of Rome 11 years prior. And his reign started well. It was a season of wealth and prosperity. But then it became a time of bloodthirstiness. A time of great persecution. Nero had his own mother, Agrippina, murdered. And he is known to have set a part of the city of Rome on fire and blamed it on us, Christians. Because their God was a God of consuming fire. And they were known to worship and, incendiary, and have an incendiary fellowship with him. So he burned parts of Rome and used the Christians as scapegoats. It was a time of great trial, a time of immense suffering, days of severe persecution. And it's against that background and that juxtaposed to that situation that Peter writes to the church of that day and the church of this day to endure persecution to stand up under severe testing, to really be able to be to, to really be able to persevere in times of trial and fiery difficulties. Anybody can be a Christian, y'all, and sing songs when the sun is shining. It doesn't take much faith to give God glory when all your bills are paid. You don't have to be really strong to shout hallelujah when everything is well in your life. But when the bottom falls out, when sickness comes, when trials and difficulties come, when your health starts to fall apart, when your children break your heart, when persecution comes just because you're trying to do the right thing, when difficulties Tough times, hard days, long nights, Lord, it's then that your faith kicks in yes, yes. to let you know that He is a very present help. Yes, that have been with you something in a time of trouble. Yes, Those of us who read the Bible will remember the Psalms was struggling with that in Psalm 73. He said, My feet were almost gone. My steps had well been nigh slipped, for I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked and the righteous was suffering. I called on the Lord, he said, and I went to the left, and I went to the right, and God seemed distant and quiet, 
And I did not get an answer from him until I went into the sanctuary. Brothers and sisters, the sanctuary doesn't necessarily have to be New Jerusalem or Midnight Baptist Church. Because if you are a child of God, in your own house, in your office, in your classroom, in your car, wherever you are, you ought to set up a sanctuary. A secret place of somewhere where you can go and call on the name of the Lord and get your perspective. This word is to help somebody today. Tracy, persevere in times of trial and tribulation. For somebody struggling just to keep your head above water. You're smiling just to keep from crying. You're coming to church, but there's still some aches and pains in your body. You're doing the best you can, but you put one foot in front of the other, and two steps are made backwards. You're trying, but things don't seem to be quite working out the way you planned it. You thought you'd be in a different place. Can I get a witness here? At this season in your life. And it looks like you've been praying and calling on the Lord and teaching Sunday school. You've been reading your Bible, doing your devotion time, listening to all this preaching going on. You're doing everything right, but you're still suffering. I got some good news for you, though. Well, I got some bad news, too. Now, which one do you want first? The good news or the bad news? Well, let me give you the bad news. You may not get out of it as quick as you think you are. But the good news is this. He will show up. Can I get a witness that you in front of He will come through. Won't he do it? And just because he hasn't come through yet, just because he has not come through already, does not mean he's not coming through at all. The Lord will make a way. I wish I had one or two more witnesses. I'm talking back. I I've been down to my last dime, but the Lord stepped in right on time. I never thought I'd be where I am right now, but look where the Lord brought me from. Look where he brought me from. It is right here in verse 5 and verse 6. Likewise, you young people who don't know nothing, who don't know anything, you young people who have no life experience. Now let us not be hard on those people under 50. I preach an equal opportunity gospel, Tracy. You know that? You got some older folk act like young folk. They have not grown up in the Lord yet. You have no life experience at your age, nor can you contribute to any conversation with any great impact or import. You know nothing about life. You're older, but you're young. Submit yourselves to the elder. An elder mature person in the Lord. The scripture tells us to submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Solomon. Solomon was the wisest king, y'all, who ever lived. He spent an entire book, the book of Proverbs, trying to give wisdom to his young son, Rehoboam. But Rehoboam listened to some people with no life experience. 
who destroyed the kingdom that God had set up. You just can't be listening to everybody, y'all. Because when you are unwise, know God, you, 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 you have to have God be the head of your life. If you don't know God, you're headed towards destruction. Likewise, the scripture said, you younger people, immature folk, submit yourselves unto elders. Not only should the young person submit to the elder among them, but all of you, all of us, should be subject to one another. Surrender. Which leads me to the word surrender. You will go to God. Surrender your will to God. Are y'all with me? Everybody is seeking their own way. But the true child of God will learn to allow God to have preeminence be first place in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things, y'all with me, shall be added to you. Brothers and sisters, humility is a, is a difficult garment to put on. But it is so becoming. Let me run that by you one more time. Humility is a difficult, is difficult garment. It's a difficult garment to put on. But it is becoming of a child of God. To be clothed with humility means to tie yourself up in a garment of humility. It means to wear the apron of a slave. Peter would know this first time. Because the disciples were in the upper room, y'all with me, getting ready to observe the supper. And it was the job of the slaves, the lowliest in the room, to wash their feet while they reclined at table. They were getting ready to fellowship, have supper, and it was the job of the lowliest servant to get an apron, put it on, and wash their feet as they reclined at table. Are y'all with me? And anybody thought, nobody thought. If anybody would have thought about it when you were at the table, nobody thought about doing the customary foot washing. So Jesus arises from the supper, lays aside his garment, and puts on the apron of a slave, and washes his disciples' feet. As an example, that no matter how high you think you are, are y'all with me? Don't ever be too high that you can't serve somebody. When you become a Christian and surrender your will to God, what you're saying to the Lord is, I have no will, but your will. I have no plans. But your plans. I have no desire, but your desire. I have made myself a slave. The word slave in the text is the word bond servant. Y'all with me? A doulos, a bond servant, which means one who is willingly subject, but not in bondage. I am free, but I chose to be a slave. Not all of us are slaves to a slave, but we slave to something. The question is, this morning, whose slave are you? Either you are a slave of sin, or you are a slave to godliness. And when you are a slave to sin, 
you're in bondage. But when you are enslaved to godliness, you have been set free to come back and be enslaved. Let me say that a different way. Let me say that one more time. When you are enslaved to sin, you are in bondage. Because sin is a cruel master. But when you are the slave to Christ, you are free to come back and be a slave. He sets you free. But you love him so much that you come back willingly, make yourself a slave, a bond servant. The only people who can shop right here are people that believe that being in charge means being in control. But being in charge does not mean being in control. Because there's only one who is in control. Can I get a witness there? You might be in charge of your house. But when you come to the sanctuary, you better check your ego at the door. Remember that. I didn't say the sanctuary was the church. Wherever you come before the Lord, check your ego at the door. You better leave your supposed importance in the car because they, they only, there's only one person who deserves, deserves all the hallelujah and the worship in here today. Who deserves to shout. His name is God all by himself. Brothers and sisters, when you're free, you don't care who's looking at you. Somebody else's opinion doesn't matter to you. When God, when God sets you free, you are so comfortable in your skin, you don't have to please nobody. You're just being you. That you don't need anybody or my approval. You don't need some man's pat on the back, and you don't need some woman's apology or some woman's A-OK. You don't need a you don't need a job, you don't need a certain house, you don't need a certain crowd you let a hang in, you don't have to drive a certain car, are y'all with me? You can be free enough to come back and be a slave for the Lord. To submit, to surrender, means to place yourself under others. To submit means to willingly put yourself under others. You will have no problem putting others before you because they ain't all about you. But to resist means to shun that lowly estate. And the scripture says that God resists the proud. Y'all heard me? But he gives grace to the humble. I'm in the book. But to resist means to keep people and God at arm's length. Because I'm too big for these people. You know who I am? You know how many degrees I have? Do you know what kind of money I make every day? Do you know the important people that know my name? But when you go out of your way to speak to people, be nice. Just be nice. You don't know what kind of blessings God will bring your way. It's just because you're trying to be nice. Lower yourself sometimes. I'm trying to tell you how to get through it. how to preserve hard times and trial. Take the time to do what you don't feel like doing. Because you don't know how God wants to bless you 
through or whom he wants to bless you with. Right. It's right in the text. God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Are y'all with me? So humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Under the, the irresistible, mighty hand of God. Because crying and complaining is not going to stop your trial. Murmuring and groaning is not going to move his hand off you. And the purpose that God wants to work out in our lives, church, may include some trials. I'm sorry, I can't tell you that. That's just the way it rolls. That's the way he rolled. Setback, heart, heartbreak. I wish I had a witness here. It didn't mean that you have to stay sick a little bit longer than you want to. Okay. It may mean that you have to go through some stuff a little bit while longer. Are y'all with me? But you're going to come through it. You're not come through it yet? But God has his mighty hand on you. And that hand on your life is so powerful, it will not crush you down. But he's got to get his purpose out of you. Are y'all with me? My brothers and sisters, his hand is on his children to bring purpose out of you. Because in the text says, in due time. And that's what the text says, he will exalt you. The word due time is the word kairos. Watch me now. What, 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 which is different from chronos. Kairos is different from chronos. Chronos is chronological time or time on the clock. But God does not move by time on the clock. God is above time. So chronos is time, chronological time, that we can mark by looking at a clock. But kairos means that God will get us out in his timing. Like Grandma used to say, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. It looked like it would never end, but now you're on the other side of it. Some of us are. And you have surrendered yourself to the mighty hand of God. That's what raising your hands in church comes from. It means I've surrendered. I'll give up, God. I give up. My desires are yours. Whatever you want me to do, I give up. I surrender. You can have my life, take it and make it what you want it to be. And whenever you give up struggling, God will always bless your life. Let me see if I can help you from the scripture. Jacob was a cheater, a trickster, and a liar. And the scripture said he stole his brother's blessing, tricked him out of his birthright, and ran away and, and thought he'd gotten away with it. But 20 years later, the word on the street was that Esau is coming. And the scripture says, all that night, follow me, church. All that night, Jacob wrestled with an angel. And the angel was really a pre-incarnate representation of God himself. Are y'all with me? And they struggled all night because when you don't want to give up what you used to be to become what God is trying to make you to be, it's a struggle. Let me just talk to some honest people here today. It's hard to give up what you like. 
to get a hold of what God is trying to get you to love. I love my sinful ways. I love my sinful trial. But the Lord is trying to bring me to another place, to another level. And to get me there is a struggle. Now, if you're not struggling, that's because you're not trying to get nowhere. But those of us who are struggling can help me testify that every time, every time, y'all, I desire to do good, evil is always present. The good that I would do, I find myself not doing it. And the evil that I don't want to do, that's exactly what I end up doing. If you're not struggling, that's because you're resisting. You are trying to be a Christian in your strength. Trying to be a Christian in your goodness. But those of us who are struggling know that we need grace to humble us. I say we need grace to humble us. Sometimes God got to take us all the way down before he can bring us up back up again. Are y'all with me? Sometimes God has to take you from what you think you can't get along with. He has to take it away from you to let you know he's there all the time. Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom before you discover and find the rock at the bottom. Sometimes all hell got to break loose in your life. It's got to get so dark that the only thing you can do is look up and say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. Have you ever been there? But have you ever been there? Have you ever been to church? Have your sins ever weighed you down? But the Lord gave you some grace. I need some folk in the room sin who has embarrassed you. Your sins has embarrassed you, but God still picked you up, covered you up, and stood you up on your feet. And nobody else knew nothing. But God let you know it's all right. I paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Don't let the people around you make you share about your past, church. Your past gives you your testimony. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would we be right now? I once was lost, mother, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Here it is, through many dangers, toes, and stains, I have already come. It was not my job, it was not my income, it was not my friend, not my social status, but it was the grace of God that kept us. It's the grace of God that keep you right now, Tracy. Grace that catches you before you fall. Grace that opens doors that people close in front of your face. Grace that stands you up and after you have had a difficult trial. Grace that makes you come to church on Sunday morning and things are still not well in your situation. You still got problems, but you got joy in your soul. God still opening some doors and other folk are shutting on you. God still been good to you because every time you get to a circumstance and situation, he's right there to make a way out of nowhere. I know I'm a little witness. I can testify. I've been trying to tell you about how to preserve in tough times a 
and trials and tribulation. But if you don't remember anything I've said today, because I know you're kind of sad right now, remember this. Look at verse 7. Casting. I'm trying to get by the Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Can I get a reason? He cares for you. That word care in the text. Edimentational study is word anxiety. And that word anxiety means being pulled in all kinds of different directions at the same time. And that's that's what worry will do for you. It'll pull you in all kinds of directions at the same time. Your health is on your mind, your house is on your mind, your old age is on your mind. Your retirement is on your mind. Your strength is on your mind. Your brother, your sister, your granddaughter is on your mind. Your trials are on your mind. How am I going to get this paid? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to get that situation worked out? When, it, when is this thing ever going to be over? I've been praying about it, but it seems like it's not getting any better. When am I going to get my breakthrough? Y'all didn't hear me. I see them over there, and they don't even ever come to church. But it seems like they got a new car every two years. They seem like everything is going right for them. But I'm doing all the right things, my brother. It seems like the more I pray, the worst things got. I come to church Sunday and God doesn't turn the thing around for me. I go back home and I get pulled in all kinds of directions again. The word cast now, check me out. The word cast means to place your cares on Jesus. Y'all, I'm in the text now. Place, this is how you get through your stuff. Place your care. Say, cast your cares on him. Let me make that applicable to you. What happened is when Jesus made his ride into Jerusalem, the people put their clothes on the, on the donkey. And he got on that ass and he rolled the clothes on the ground. He rolled on them. That's what God wants you to do with your stuff. He wants you to cast your cares on him. Now they feel me higher. When you cast your cares on him, Jesus will triumphantly ride over them. Can I get a witness on him? It says that when the devil come in your face, what you need to do is put him up under your foot and walk on him. Because he had no power. He got some power, but he don't got all the power. Every care that you have in your imagination, put it on Jesus. Can y'all hear it to me? He said, put it on me. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm about to get up here. Here's the shout the text. Here's the shout the text. You care. You got all kind of cares in your life. Am I right about it? Yeah, you do. You got all kind of cares in your life. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, Reverend Stacy, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We all got all kind of cares. We got all kinds of things we worried about. The devil uses all kinds of stuff to distract us from focusing on Jesus. Remember now, it's just a smoke screen. It's just temporary. Don't, don't get stuck on the stuff. Focus. Paul's out place toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Here we go. Here's the shout the text. You got all those cares that you worried about. Guess what God care about? God ain't got a whole bunch of care. Help me preach this, sister. Jesus, God, got one care. You. That's all he care about. 
way. See, that's why the people don't understand Christianity. We don't come to church because we perfect. We come to church because we raggedy. We low down dirty. But I ain't heard a sister say, say, Jesus knows how to reach. Oh, y'all ain't preach this here. He knows how to go way, way down. And guess what? I found out, Sam, that the worse I get, the better he loves me. The worse I get, the better he shows up to me. It's not predicated about how good I am. He just loves himself some me. So when you feel bad on your darkest day, think about what Jesus is. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. So in your sad time, Tracy and Lauren, family, what you need to do is remember that Larry's up there in heaven, right? And he loves you, but guess what? He can't, he can't, you gonna cry, but he can't cry. Because I heard, Dr. Jenkins, that the Bible said there's no no tears in heaven. There's no sadness in heaven. He not worried about going to the doctor no more. He ain't worried about taking no more pills. He ain't he worried about you telling Tracy he can't ride his motorcycle no more. He ain't worried about that. He ain't worried about you saying, I got to get rid of this truck because I can't. You, you going to try to drive the truck? He ain't riding that because guess what? He's walking around on the streets to go. He's, he, he's got a resurrected body because they say that. The last breath, yes, yeah, the first breath. Yeah, y'all But guess what now? Guess what now? Here we go, here we go. We got to do what we got to do so we live right for, for God right now. Because guess what? They up there celebrating right now. But guess what? They can't have the marriage supper on the land till we get on home. They can't have supper, y'all, till we get there. They say that when all God's children get together, all what a day. What a day that will be. May God bless you. I'm sorry. God good to me. May God bless and keep you. This is my prayer. Persevering in times of trials and tribulation. Everyone stand beside the family. Listen, I'm going to offer Christ. I'm going to offer Christ to somebody. Maybe someone this is here. Don't even know the Lord if they're saved. Now is the accepted time. Now is the salvation. Wherever you are, you can stay where you are. You can accept God. If you do not know the Lord, you can accept Him as your Savior. Amen. Larry has, tri has traveled a path that we all got to go. Amen. A date that we cannot cancel. Yeah. But His name was already signed in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we that are here and know the Lord believe that. Because know why we believe it? Because He said it in His Word. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. So that where I am, you will be also. If it were not so, I would have told you so. He said, I have many, many, many mansions in my house. I got cattle of the house of hills. You hear what I'm saying to you? Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Where we are, just accept them as you're saying. God said, I'll teach you how to persevere. In hard times, trials and tribulations.
While at the hospital, her daughter hears about her. And her daughter gets in a car accident. Unfortunately, she passes away. When the lady goes to church that Sunday, and she's up praising God. And the people after the church ask her, well, your daughter died. He was in a car accident. Why are you praising God? And she says, spell jump. J-U-M-P. For Jesus understands my problems. Family, as you look upon this casket, I want you to know that everything will work out for to lift up your eyes unto the hills from which cometh all of your help. Just know that all your help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Amen? Amen. 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 Say, Amen. 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 